This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. But anyway, hey, we're here. Uh, hey. Uh, we're hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to another Im- somewhat impromptu episode of Blurring the Lines. Um, yes. Impromptu just because we're doing this, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say it's not at our usual time because we usually are doing it around this time. But uh, Adam had a little bit of an event come up that drew him away from his computer. So we are recording this via phone into an online conference using Join Me. So if the audio quality sucks, we know. <laughs> it's not all our yeah. fault this time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of our fault, but, but we know. Yeah, you know? So, uh, but we know. You know. Tell us, tell us, send us some feedback if you want, and uh, we can reply and say, yeah, we know. You're, you're right. Because <laughs> we do. We do know, right? We know. So anyway, um, if you haven't hadn't figured it out by now, uh, I'm Peter Nicolaitis. With me, as always, is Adam Bell. And I'm Adam Bell. You are Adam Bell. And with you, as always, as is always. Peter Nicolaitis. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> Rock on. Um, so, anyway, so uh, yeah, so what's going on today, Adam? Why are we uh, why are we not recording from the comfort of your basement today? Okay, well, it's kind of funny. I I think that uh, we we mirror each other's life in in weird ways, considering how far apart we are and and everything else. Uh, but I'm actually in a little town way west of Nashville, an hour and a half west of Nashville. Uh, I'm trying to purchase some property out there with a little pole barn slash house and 32 acres and a nice little hunting place to go and get away. And I sent you a text message said, hey, I'm running late today, uh, buying some property. You're like, huh, me too. <laughs> well, so, I'm not actually please. buying property, but I um, I took some time off to go look at a property, and um, yeah. So once again, um, I have I have resigned myself to the fact that the reason that I podcast is to rant and to vent. <laughs> yeah. And it's, today, it's much more healthy it, than than killing. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I don't know about that, <laughs> but, but uh, it's, much, it's much better than keeping it all bottled up inside. So yeah. today's uh, today's no exception. I'm um, I'm feeling a little ranty, and uh, the reason is um, uh, so as uh, as everybody well as most people know uh, if you listen to this podcast, I own um, uh, well at this point I own four properties. And um, one of them is a uh, condominium, a rental property in Somerville, Mass. And I have um, my residence in uh, Medford, Massachusetts. And uh, I want to turn that into a rental property as well. And um, my realtor just pointed out to me today that a really nice little townhouse has just come on the market. And it's not significantly different from my current residence. It's in the same town. 
It's in a similar neighborhood. It's a similar size. But I look at it, and I'm like, wow, that's a lot nicer. I want that. <laughs> so I said to myself, given all of the, uh, the hassles and um, headaches that I have had dealing with various out-of-state banks, I said, maybe this time I will try a local bank where perhaps uh-huh. I can sit, sit face-to-face across the table and tell the lender, yes, I am self-employed, but that does not mean I cheat on my taxes. <laughs> okay? I because, see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. And anybody else who does have their own business or is thinking about your own business, I want you to understand something. If you own your own business, if you go to apply for a loan and you say that you're self-employed, what that means is you cheat on your taxes. No, wait, no, no. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. Sorry. What that means is... I didn't know I was allowed to do that. Yeah, you didn't know you were allowed to cheat on your taxes. Well, welcome to the, you know, the club now. Now you do. Um, so what people did, what, what, what they assume is that you're paying yourself under the table and that you're not filing everything on your W-2 or whatnot. And that is not the case in my case. I know based on the amount of taxes I pay. I'm paying plenty in taxes. I am paying my fair share. Yeah. So, um, so I called the local bank. The first thing I said was, you know, here's the deal, blah, blah, blah. He, and he, you know, I explained, I've got a rental property here. I've got this, that, and the other. I want to buy this. And he says, okay, so tell me about the new property. And I explained it to him. He said, well, that sounds kind of similar to where you're at already. And I said, yes. Oh, I can tell you right now, the underwriter's not going to go for that. And I said, why? And he said, well, you know, if you were moving up to like a single family home or you were buying a two family or, you know, you lived in like a studio and you were going to a condo like you have now, that'd be fine. But I can tell you right now, underwriter's not going to want to write that loan. I Uh, don't understand. And I said, well, that's really weird because two years ago when I bought this place, which is around 1,200 square foot, two bed, two bath, nobody batted an eyelash when I moved from my other 1,200 square foot, two bed, two bath, which is literally two miles down the street. So yeah, why would that even have, what's that got to do with the price of eggs in China? I have no idea, but apparently eggs are a commodity now, and uh, I can't write them off on my taxes. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) So there's my uh, ranty bit for today. Right there. Well, that's a good start. I've got one to go right beside you. Okay. Hit me. So... So I was uh, looking at this this particular property, and I wanted to do a home equity line of credit. And mm-hmm. so my my current house is paid off, and so I want and I already have an existing home equity line. The balance is zero, but I have one, and mm-hmm. I wanted to expand that so that I could purchase this property. They say, like, okay, yeah, we do all the, we do that all the time. That makes perfect sense. You don't have to do a new mortgage, blah blah blah. I'm like, happy sounds. And I, I'm going through a credit union, just like you, a smaller, yep. a local credit union. It's got to be better than a large bank. <laughs> so you'd like so to think I, that, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd like to. Yeah. <laughs> so so I sent them my last three years of taxes, 
And the person, you know, the gatekeeper, and I understand this is not the underwriter. This is the person keeping the people out that have no business, asking for a loan, immediately disqualifying. I get that. But she says, well, based here at your Schedule C, you only made, it was, it was the profits for my company for three years. Based mm -hmm. on this, your profits for your company were only X. You didn't make enough money to, to, to qualify for a loan. I said, that's not what I got paid. I said, that's what the company <laughs> made in profit. Well, no, Schedule C shows what you got paid. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no. There's a thing called a member's draw, or maybe I'm paying myself as payroll. What do you think? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said, did you look at my taxes that I filed? Well, no. Could you tell me what, where they are? What line does it show your salary? I'm like, I don't know what line. You're going to have to look at my tax return for the last three years. would be really helpful if you could just tell me what line that is with your salary. I love I love how I send them all these documents and then you, and I understand you know verifying the information you're given and stuff but I love how I have to produce all these things I have to go and dig up all the balances on every account in my name including retirement stocks savings credit cards mortgages vehicle loans etc and then they go and pull a credit report which has all the same stuff anyway. Has the exact same stuff. And, and stuff that I don't know about, too. Yeah. They're like, oh, you didn't tell us about that. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Why didn't you just pull a credit report in the first place and get this over with early? <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, somebody, and, and I hate this, that people can run a credit report against you without mm -hmm. your knowledge and without your permission, and it goes against my credit. That hurts you because some, people are looking at your credit. That's got to be bad, right? Yeah, it's got to be awful because I, uh, I had somebody looking at my credit, and I don't know who it was, you know, because I was recently trying to sign up, uh, well, with, as a reseller with, like, Lifeboat and Ingram Micro, mm -hmm. or Tech Data. Well, Tech Data, I signed up with Tech Data, and I realized that they don't sell Sophos, which was the whole reason that I went <laughs> to a reseller so that I could buy Sophos. Like, are you guys kidding me? <laughs> yep. So, but who knows? Maybe they ran my credit. But I don't have terms of credit with them. But they are allowed to run it against me, and it goes against me. And anybody can do that, which I don't like that at all. But Welcome anyway. It's okay, though, because <laughs> the credit monitoring agencies who monitor all of those thingamabobbers there, um, you can pay them extra money so that they will inform you when somebody has done that. Yeah, that's, that yeah. is true. You know, <laughs> that, that sounds perfectly acceptable to me, right? Onward and upward. The weather's beautiful here. It's 79. What's it like up there? Beautiful and 69. 69. That's still, that's still t-shirt weather. Oh, absolutely t-shirt weather. I got my bike out yesterday. So um, 
Yeah, I figure that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of nice of Mother Nature to throw us a bone once in a while. Even, you know, if she's going to kill us off due to global warming, we may as well get a few nice days out of it before we go. Uh... Yeah. You know, so, yeah. When, when all the ice caps melt, you know, California will be a great beach. California already is a great <laughs> beach. I know, but it'll run all the way up to the Rockies, and we'll just go... <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man, what are we gonna do? So, what All else right. are you in it? So you're so you're looking at um, you're looking at buying a property and stuff. I'm looking at buying a new uh, a new condo if I can, you know, get somebody to realize that people who own their own businesses and also, you know, have two full-time W-2s and make a lot of money and can, oh, and have stellar credit rating actually pays off the uh, loans that you give them. Um, yeah. That's my plan. Um, what else is going on to you? You sent me a link with your CrossFit workout. What's up with that? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you may not, you may have heard because you're into the fitness world, but Right now is the CrossFit Open, so the 17 week one of the CrossFit Open, and so our gym is doing the Legacy. Uh, they call it the Legacy Open. So some of the the people in there are actually doing the workout that the CrossFit people are really doing, which is not easy. And I did the scaled version today. Uh, one, because I've got a shoulder injury, uh, but I'm not going to say that that would have prevented me from actually doing uh, – I wouldn't have done the full workout anyway. I, I couldn't have accomplished it. It was uh, ground to air, uh, dumbbell, 50 pounds. You do that 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and 15 burpees over the box in between each one of those. What's the and, uh, over the box? So you do a, a burpee right in front of the box, and then you jump up on the box. It's only 24 inches off the ground. Oh, is that all? Uh, <laughs> that's, it. <laughs> that's it. So you do a burpee, jump up on the box, and off the other side. And it, it's not a, you can't step up. It's got to be a jump up. Jump up, so, right. Okay. Jump up. Both feet have to land on the box. Uh, technically, you can stand down, like you can take one foot down to get off of it, but you can't do one up. They don't count. So you got a judge that's actually judging you and writing down, and they're also watching you to cheat. So when you're doing those dumbbell snatches overhead, like you, if you're bent over, you sometimes have a tendency to put your elbow on your knee to help support you with that. That disqualifies you as a rep. And so you have 20 minutes to complete that. I got, well, it was really, it was really tough. I got through the forties and I got through the the burpees after that. And I got one snatch of the 50 that I had to do. And I had 20 minutes to do it. It was tough. (laughs) Just one, huh? But yeah, yeah. But there were uh, there were people that got it done, and uh, you know because we're kind of doing it kind of like a golf handicap because we're doing legacy. You know when we scale. So if you were doing it one way, you got time taken off. 
And if you're doing it another way, like what I did, I did scaled, so I I got to take three minutes off my time. So instead of it taking 20 minutes, I I get to mark it as like 17 minutes because I got penalized for what I didn't do, and then I got a break because I'm not a CrossFit Open qualified person. So this okay. is actually fun. It kind of makes it. It's almost like uh, getting a belt in Krav Maga. <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds like a workout. I'm, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Krav Maga, are you uh, starting that soon? We are we are getting geared up to do that. So we talked about cool. that over dinner, and uh, uh, we're getting the. We've got to just go sign up now. Uh, we this is the this was the first week with no basketball, which was really nice to take a week off. But we're going to get get find out when they have classes and get started uh, first week in March. All right. I, was like, I like, thought it was supposed to be last week in February, so I'm just saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they they do usually don't. It's not like the bank; they'll take my money right away and let me in. Uh-huh. Pretty sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the bank. I mean, because uh, they don't want money. <sighs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You can pay for this, and we don't have to do anything other than collect a check from you. And if we can't collect money from you, we'll take one of your other properties that are paid off. No, no, we don't want to do that. No, no. Too much. I think what it is is that, that my credit rating is so good that they wouldn't be able to charge enough interest. Oh, now, oh, now yeah. we're getting like, somewhere. They're like, wait a minute. If we go with someone who's a higher risk, we can make more money off them, and then they'll default on the loan, and we're stuck holding a property, which we hate. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never understood the, the concept of that. The people who need the break the most are the ones that get charged the highest interest who can't afford it. I mean, not uh -huh. that I want with good credit to be charged a higher interest. That's not what I'm saying at all. But <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely positive. I mean I gotta get I don't wanna mess up my deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, I tell that like that I feel that way sometimes I'll tell people um that um you know you, you really should raise your rates. You know, your 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 services are, are, are basically you're too cheap. But but don't raise them on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. Tip. Yeah, raise on the neck Yeah, it's not like, and and that's why you know you we don't want immigrants in this country. You know, like my family can come over. That's fine, but not yours. No, you can't come here. Oh, brother. So yeah. Um. So what else do we have here? Let me uh, let me pull up our notes so we don't miss anything like we have in the last several times. Um. So tonight, speaking of Krav Maga. Uh, one of the other reasons that we're recording at this weird time, it's not that weird, but still, um, is that for the first time in about five years, I will be teaching a martial arts class tonight. So, nice. What's, what's going on, you might ask? <laughs> yeah, so what's I'm going waiting. on and, and what are you oh, doing? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you have an awesome plan for tonight? I do have an awesome plan for tonight. So, um, what's going on is uh, so I was a, a junior instructor 
at uh, my Aikido school uh, for, for several years. And uh, long story short, as my aunt would say, I sort of had a falling out with my instructor when I informed him that I was planning on moving to uh, Boston. And um, so that kind of stopped. And I made it very clear when I started practicing at the Krav Maga School, I just wanted to be a student. Um, I don't want the extra headaches that come along with being a teacher. Um, You know, I I was so done with all of the drama in my Aikido school. You know, I was really glad to leave that behind. And, um, you know, just wanted to be a, uh, just just want to be a regular guy who shows up and trains and there you go. And, um, but one thing that, that, that bugs me is, uh, you know, sometimes I, I do want to give a little more back. And one concern that I have is uh, when I see people rolling and falling poorly. And when I say uh-huh. I don't mean just like you're walking and you trip and boom, face plant. I mean, that kind of sucks too, but it's not what I'm talking yeah. about. I mean, like, um, you get punched or pummeled, and then you get swept down to the mat, or you get picked up, like, for a hip throw and get tossed, or, uh, you know, something to that effect. And one thing that um, was never really taught extensively in my, in my Aikido school, but it was drilled extensively, was falling. And in Japanese, it's called, it's called ukemi, which is, you know, the break fall or uh, the receiving side of a technique. And um, I've had several instructors, you know, high-level ones, say that, that that is the more important side of Aikido training. You're focusing on the, the receiving end of an attack, not so much the dealing out of, you know, damage on an attack. And... Okay. Um, so as a result, I've got, you know, on and off 20 years of experience of receiving attacks. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and most of those were leading to getting taken to the ground in a fairly aggressive manner. So um, I, what, what I'm trying to say is I fall down good. Yeah. And, um, Watch Peter. He falls down. He, he does a great he job. He falls down. Yeah, he falls good. Yeah. So um, what I wanted to do was um, I wanted to share some of this knowledge with my fellow Krav Maga students because my observation there, and I, you know, I told my instructors, I said, I'm really kind of concerned because you know we do this, and I know every you know class when we're going to be doing falls and stuff, we cover it a little bit, you give a little bit of an intro, you show people how to do it, and then two minutes later we're moving on to um, you know actually dealing the techniques. And so, you know, people need a little more reinforcement. They need more training and rolling and falling. And so we were chatting about that. And, um, you know, I said I'd be willing to, you know, give people like a crash course in this so, you know, they can become better rollers and fallers and stuff. And he said, oh, if you want to do it, that's great. You just tell me when. So uh, we finally (laughs) were able to pick a date, and that date is tonight. So tonight I will be... uh, Showing up, no idea how many people are going to be there. Uh, verbally, a lot of people have said they're coming. Um, they're, they don't get to practice knocking you down. They got to practice falling down themselves. You're being knocked down themselves, right? 
No, I'm going to be demonstrating everything. And um, I think since the, since the focus of this is showing people how to take the fall, the, the technique, so to speak, that I'll be demonstrating will be how to take the fall. So this is actually uh, everybody's chance to throw me around. <laughs> oh, man. We need a video. Yeah. What's, what's yeah, Kurt doing? Well, uh, I don't know that Kurt is going to be there because Kurt has really bad arthritis in the knees, so he doesn't get up so well. Um, okay. But Bob, Bob is a uh, video, uh, video, videographer, video record, uh, recording uh, camera guy, and uh, uh -huh. he generally re records these things. So um, while I'm thinking about I, I, it, though, I sh should try to uh, grab my tripod and bring Yeah, I'd like to see that. I think that'd be cool. I mean, not not that I want to see people throwing you around or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we should have uh, we should have some video. So uh, if it's not horrible, maybe I'll uh, leak some of that into uh, the next podcast feed. Yeah, that we could we could have the uh, the Peter's been tossed of the day animation. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So uh, what else is going on? Those are the highlights on my end. Yeah, that's that is the that's good stuff. Um, actually, been nice and uneventful. I mean, as far as like the the crazy things have been going on. We we had our webinar, which we're you know we're good on that. Oh, I did. Speaking of cybersecurity. So I had a, uh, just doing a free uh, assessment for one of my clients. It was kind of a good thing I was brought in to do a free assessment for them because they were, they were taking on 15,000 attacks per day. Oh, that's nice of them. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't bother doing any, uh, like, uh, what do you call it, uh, forensics. I didn't do any forensics on the packets or you know, all that. I just stopped them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably a wise move. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've had it where I have gone in in the uh, capacitor, uh, capacitor, no, in the capacity of auditor. See that? When you get that, when you go in the capacity of auditor, you go in as a capacitor. And, uh -huh. uh, I've gone in as a capacitor before and uh, had to immediately shift into incident response mode because, uh, you know, we take a look at something and they're like, um, so who is this uh, GJKZ426 user and why is he an administrator account on your file server? Uh -huh. And why, why, why is he copying all of your data out to, uh, you know, some IRC channel right now? And uh, people are like, uh, we don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's well, fun. Well, the, the local IT guy who's, who's uh, in, in my town that's a competitor, he, he always sets up his clients to open port 5900 for VNC or printing yep, if you wanted to print. Uh, and uh, and some derivation of uh, RDP. Like sometimes he'll make it 3389 or 3383 instead of you know the the actual RDP 
court like a hacker would be thrown off. Yeah, yeah, 3389 is the default. Yeah. But he had it like at 3383. Like, nobody would figure that out. Yeah, well, I'll tell you who wouldn't uh, figure that out. I, we have a, I have a former client, and, um, well, I have a lot of former clients, <laughs> but uh, I have a couple of, of uh, former clients who have the, um, the same other, uh, you know, small uh, IT show. I think it's a one-man show. Uh, doing their IT stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, you guys are kind of small for us. We're going to move on." Um, recently, he has emailed us saying that he couldn't find the port, uh, the default firewall port for managing this client's firewall. Uh, the default uh -huh. port isn't working, so he emailed us to ask us what port it's on. And then a couple weeks later, at the same client, he emailed us and said. Uh, I have the uh, username and the password for their switch, but I don't have its IP address. What is it? And I'm thinking, you know, that's kind of like, uh, uh, it's kind of like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Um, it's kind of like uh, you bring your car into the shop and you say that the thing, the car needs an oil change, and the mechanic says, "Oh, right, I haven't, I haven't worked on a Subaru before. Where's the oil pan located on one of these?" <laughs> yeah, how mm. could I possibly figure out where that is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so knowing that you know that that our clients are working with this guy now, like. Okay. Fun. <laughs> no, don't talk anymore because if you do, that amounts to me having to teach this guy, and uh, I, I'm not in the business of educating my competition anymore. Thank you. <laughs> oh well, very good. Yeah. So what? So wonderful. Um, oh, beer update. Beer update. Beer update. Oh yeah. So I don't. Think, no, we didn't record last week, so I did not get to tell everybody that uh, Omegang Brewery in Cooperstown, New York, uh, still is my favorite, my favorite brewery uh -huh. of all time. And uh, so far, they have continually, continually failed to disappoint. <laughs> yes. So um, a couple weeks ago, I was there, and they, I love these guys. For one thing, they do limited uh, special Game of Thrones editions. Uh -huh. So they take uh, both their Belgian double and their Belgian triple style, and they you know, tweak them just a little bit, put a new label on them, and make them a spe special uh, Game of Thrones edition. Now, normally these, are, these bottles, they're the 25, um, uh, well, 750 milliliters, and they are usually about 10 bucks a piece, but they sell them in a limited edition collector's set, and I can include a, a picture of this for the podcast for our show notes. They sell them as a limited edition collector's set, two bottles with a Belgian beer glass for wow. 19, $19.99. So for the same price, you get a glass and the two bottles of beer. <laughs> so... I said, all right, so I've done that twice, so at least I have a matching set of these classes now, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, but what happened was, uh, you know, this, this is the the, uh, the brewery that makes my favorite beer of all time, Three Philosophers. 
and mm-hmm. uh, it's a Belgian quadruple. It is great. Although I gotta say, blithering idiot, um, the uh, the barley wine from I forget who, uh, Weyerbacher, um, that is a close second. I think that's like neck and neck for my favorite. But anyway, wow. back to three philosophers. So last week I was at the uh, the store. And I'm looking around saying, okay, I want to try something new. Because now that I'm brewing my own beer, I've gotten more curious. You know, I don't just go straight to a Harpoon UFO white when I see it on the menu anymore. I've branched out. And I said, uh, let me see what else we got going on here. And I'm poking around, and I see three philosophers. I'm like, all right, well, it's a pretty good price. I'll, I'll pick some of that up. Sitting right next to it, however, is something I've never seen from Omegan Brewery. It's called the uh, Rare Voss Amber Ale. So I had to grab that. Okay. And then I saw sitting right next to that is their Belgian White, which I've never had before. So, of course, I had to buy that. <laughs> but, but wait, sitting right next to that was their Rosetta, which is a cherry ale. So I had to get that. And, and right that's their siren song, which I had also never had, so I had to get that. Uh-huh. So before I knew it, I had bought like 75 or 80 bucks of beer. Oh, and, uh, man. You know, people are asking me, like, where's the party? I'm like, nah, this is all for me. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to take now, me probably one year to drink all that. <laughs> I was just going to say, now what, 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 what's implied and what people don't understand, the caveat is that it's going to take me a long time to finish all of these things. <laughs> yeah. um, but so far I've had like one, maybe two. Uh, you know, I've sampled them, them all. I've had at least one of each of them. So, um, and, and again, they fail to disappoint every time. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, the other one I just got last night I have not yet had is a limited edition called Shadow Brewer, and that is their Imperial Stout. So that one I'm looking forward to trying now, too. Okay. Real quick, off the top of your head, do you know and can you tell us what's the difference between a porter and a stout? The the gravity. The gravity and the volume of... um, Choc- well, chocolate or really dark malt. They they look the same, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more malt in a in a stout. Okay, so it's that would explain a, why I like stouts more than porters. Yes, because a stout is going to be like a really dark brown. It could approach black, but a stout is almost always black because it's yep. got the the almost burnt. Uh, toasted malts, whether it's a liquid malt extract or a dry malt. Gotcha. Okay. Or, or actual grain. Uh, and it really, I do a, uh, it's not a stout, it's a chocolate cherry porter, and it looks like a stout, but it's still classified as a porter. And that, those grains are almost, they're like coffee color, and they taste so good. They, I mean, it's just got a nice roasted taste to them, and that's really good. And you have talked you have talked about chocolate cherry porter in the past on, uh, on at least one occasion. Yes, and it is it is my uh, signature brew, and I've yep. got I 
I've got three of them left right now from a 2014 batch, and they are superb. Hmm. <laughs> well, since you uh, haven't offered to share it with me, I guess I'll have to take your word on that. <laughs> you'll have to uh, you'll have to make a trip to Nashville, but if you if you want to come to Nashville, I will definitely save you one. Well, I, I I have to make another return trip to Nashville because you're supposed to buy me beer and 400 degrees hot chicken to make up for the ab- absurdly high shipping costs on that server I sold you. Yeah, so you could come down for boot camp in May. Sounds great. By the way, did you ever get that server? You never told me. Oh yeah, yeah, I did, uh, and yeah. and it uh, amazingly it didn't uh, get beat up. Uh, the the, the shipping, I wasn't going to complain about it, but it wasn't uh, packed very well. But it, you didn't pack it because it didn't seem like it had Peter Nicolaitis quality packing. <laughs> uh, everything you do is kind of like well done and over the top as far as quality goes. I'm like, yeah, his buddy did this one. <laughs> was, it, but, uh, was it just kind of uh, thrown together? Uh, it was just a little loose, uh, but everything got there fine. There were no dents. There were no scratches. I can complain, but I would have nothing to complain about. Okay, okay, all right. I won't take it out on my buddy then, he's giving me a bad reputation or something. <laughs> <laughs> he he did keep the rails, though. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, or somebody I probably, somebody did. I probably have a set of rails kicking around at the office if you need one. So just holler if you do. I can I can probably salvage those. Well, I I could probably get a get them on eBay for like fifteen dollars and yes. they'll be shipped in no time. Yeah. So fifteen dollars for less than the cost it would cost me to ship them to you by slow boat. Yeah. Yeah. Slow boat through China. Uh, so, so before it gets away from us, let me tell you about a brew that I just bottled. So I I did two two batches uh, in in December. I did an Amber Cerveza, which is already ready and bottled, and it's ready for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, it, it just needs to be chilled and put a lime in it now, and it's really good. Well, I made an Imperial Blonde, which I've never made an Imperial Blonde before. Um, it's supposed to be high in malt, low in hops, and have a rich kind of mellow, mellow but rich taste. And I'd never, like I said, I'd never made one before, so I thought it was worth trying. Uh, it is not blonde. It is uh, almost porter color. I mean, it is it is porter color. It's a light porter color, but it is it tastes great. I mean, it's got a very mellow, very easy to drink. Uh, it just, it's, I'm like, wow, this is going into my repertoire of things I need to keep keep in the house. So what classifies something as imperial? Imperial means that it's got a lot more uh, malt in it and typically a higher uh, alcohol alcohol per volume. Okay, so that explains why I have been loving Imperial stuff that I've been running across lately, because I generally like the malts, and I generally like the uh, the, uh, the higher alcohol. 
So, but yeah, it, it was. I was very pleased with it. But it is. It's not blonde at all. Right. <laughs> Maybe it was a bottle blonde, and I forgot to add the dye. What <laughs> something out there, dude? <laughs> but it was really good. Really good. So, but it's uh, it's carbonated now, and and I actually let it. Uh, I was supposed to bottle it like four weeks ago, and it sat in the it sat in the secondary fermenter for sixty days instead of thirty, and uh, I thought it would be a problem, but it wasn't. Well, I uh, on my beer front, I'm. I think the uh, the Aztec Cerveza that I made should be ready by now. Um, I also bottled a Baltic Porter, and then I bottled a uh, an Oktoberfest. But uh, I put the calendar, I marked them as not ready until the 1st of March and the 5th of March, respectively. So we will have to see. Because that porter was the one that I was really concerned about, the one that you had me, you know, filter out again and re-sugar and stuff. So um, really kind of kind of curious to see how that uh, how that turns out. Cool, cool. So well, right, anyway, I think we uh, have we hit everything. I think we've covered most of the main topics we wanted to cover today. Main topics. I I won't be joining you in Las Vegas at the Sophos conference. Uh, I was not selected as a valid participant. Oh, in all, really? Yeah. In, in all fairness, I haven't actually sold any Sophos gear uh, because I'm still trying to get. I finally got Ingram Micro squared away. I finally got Lifeboat squared away. So I'm going to install a Sophos at at my office so that I can get going, and I'm putting together a uh, recommended solution of switching and firewall and security okay. as a service, and Sophos is going to be, it's going to be centered around Sophos. So, in all cool. fairness, I'm not a valuable customer to them. Yes. <laughs> well, they're, 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 it sounds like they're, they're getting a little more... Uh, a little more selective too, and you know they've 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 thrown some pretty you know blow out the doors events and stuff, and so I can see sometimes why their product might be a little more expensive. So uh, you know maybe they're being a little more fiscally responsible nowadays. So I I sort of have to kind of applaud that. Mhm. Yeah. So so we'll we'll have to uh, if we podcast from Las Vegas, it it will be similar to this, other than I'll be recording on, hopefully, a higher quality set. And I'll be I could on always go if I wanted. <laughs> yeah? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Cool. All right, then. Well, let's, uh, I say we call it a day and wrap this one up, and I'm really curious to see how the uh, sound quality comes out. All right. Cool, man. Well, All right. Now, uh, and the nice thing is that since I am calling from my iPhone, I do have a big red button. You do. do. All right. I think it's time to push it. It's time to push. Big red button. Big red button. Big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, 
do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.